You know, I immediately felt convicted. I want to, I have six wonderful children, and sometimes our home gets kind of crazy. I want to be committed to taking a special time out, uh, an intentional time out every night of the week, individually for those six kids. So one Monday it'll be one, and on down through Saturday. I really want to just listen to them. I'm still convicted a lot of times. I'm the one leading in the family, and everybody's got good thoughts, and I just don't listen enough. Hmm. Boy, that's terrific. You know, when we decide to do something that's going to be intentional toward our kids or our grandkids, it can change their life. And making that decision to say, I'm going to keep a calendar, I'm going to be very intentional to make sure that I'm spending time with my kids. And some of you are saying, well, that you should just do that. That's part of being a dad or a grandparent. I'll tell you what, for some of us, if we don't schedule things in life that matter, we tend to get wrapped up in things that matter less. And so unless we are choosing to be uh, very purposeful or intentional or strategic in terms of scheduling things and making sure we follow through, sometimes the things of greater importance fall prey to the things of lesser importance in our life. And so thank you, Joshua, for reminding us of how to be a one-thing parent, as we call it. Today, we're wrapping up the month, literally this weekend, and so we thought we'd talk about parenting, going back to the roots of our ministry and asking the question, what have you learned about being on the same page with your spouse, or if you're not married, with the parent of your children to encourage those kids? We'd love to hear your story. Uh, Give us a call, 888-888-1717 on our storyline. I want you to know that the calls for today are already set, pre-recorded, and Uh, will be a part of the program from a previous program, but your calls matter a great deal because we want to share them on an upcoming broadcast. That way we can get them recorded and edited and ready to go. So again, give us a call, 888-888-1717. Secondly, this is the end of the month. Last call to receive the Freedom from Hijacked Emotions bundle, the latest book that I wrote on this topic of our emotions along with the study guide and the video series for new members and those of you increasing your monthly support. Come and join us. Again, just go to theintentionallife.com and click on Donate. Thank you for being a part of the Intentional Living Ministry. Hi, Dr. Randy. My name is Stacy. I just had a question about school. My son is in ninth grade, and he's always struggled with school, and he has, like, his progress report had three Ds and a C on it. And me and my husband are kind of at odds on how to deal with this. We've taken everything away from him before, and it helped a little, but, you know, I just wanted your opinion on what would be the best course of action to take with him, because he does care. My husband says he doesn't care. (laughs) We're just having real troubles right now, Um, and I just needed your help with it. And if your comment, thanks. Yeah, I do. You know, there's a such a thing they call a bell-shaped curve. And, and the only reason there's a bell-shaped curve is because someone's got to be a winner and someone's got to be a loser, right? Someone's on the bottom of that curve and there's always someone at the top and then the distribution gets kind of in the middle for most of us. And here's a fact. If you end up on the lower end of that distribution, you're going to feel discouraged. And one of the things we know is that misbehavior or a lack of motivation or giving up is often associated with feeling discouraged. At some point along the way, your son developed a feeling of discouragement. Didn't feel like he belonged, didn't feel like he measured up, didn't feel like he could be a success. And for whatever number of reasons, and there's probably complexity in all of that, that you could dissect, he chose to be the best at being the worst. And he's given up, basically. 
Um, now, he may have some learning dis- disabilities that need to be dealt with. He might be in the wrong setting, might be in the wrong school. There may be some situational or structural things that need to change as far as his schooling. He may be more successful in another setting. Those are things you can work with with a counselor and understand. But I would look, if I were, if I were his uh, parent, if I was his dad and uh, had a son who was failing, um, I wouldn't get on his case in terms of, you, you know, you're a failure. I would try to understand some of the dynamics going on in our home and our family and our marriage, our relationship. I try to get behind his eyes and see if I could understand where this discouragement is coming from. I would do what you're doing as far as holding him accountable. I mean, I wouldn't uh, give him a lot of extra privileges or pats on the head if he's choosing not to study and not to follow through. He's got to be responsible. I would come at it from both approach. The approach of helping the understand where the academic issues are, but then also holding him accountable. Um, it's too bad, but when we have these this uh, distribution, you always have some on the lower end and some on the higher end. And I'll tell you, I can remember myself back in eighth grade. I was really struggling. I mean, I was sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I had a bad sixth grade year. Teacher was ill. Um, had multiple fill-in teachers during that year. Was you know, it was one of those strategic years for me in learning. So when I went into junior high, went into seventh grade, I was already behind, and it took me until eighth grade to catch back up, and I fell into a period of discouragement. I felt like I was falling behind, I wasn't measuring up, and I'll tell you, if you let that cycle continue long enough, you give up. I, in the opposite direction, said, hey, I'm not staying here, and then I went too far the other direction. You know, I had to make sure when I got to college, I had to get a 4.0, you know, uh, so there's a balance there. Uh, so discouragement. Think about discouragement and uh, what happens when discouragement keeps us uh, from being successful in life. All right, uh, let's go to the phone calls. You're welcome to join us when you're not on the same page with your spouse about uh, parenting. What are some things you've learned? What has helped you as a couple? What are some strategic factual, tactical things you do to get on the same page. 888-888-1717, or don't you? Deborah, welcome to the program. Hi. Appreciate your uh, your call. Uh, tell me, how, what uh, about this same page parenting thing? Okay, well, we're not actually a uh, together family. We're divorced. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my ex is agnostic at best. He has a new wife who's atheist. Mm. I'm Christian and trying to bring my children up in the church when I have them half time. My son is 14 and Mm. he has decided that he doesn't want to live with the guilt about his father. And if all this Bible stuff is true, then his father is damned for hell. And um, so he has chosen to spend the majority of his time with his father and so that puts me in, you know, a very hurtful, very challenging position. Mm-hmm. Has he felt like you've been preaching at him? Yes. And preaching and, about how bad dad is? Um, well, it's, I mean, is I that his he, perception? Do you think he perceives that you've been beating up on dad? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's caught in the middle saying, you know, I love my dad and he lives this way and I love my mom. She lives that way. And. And he had, yes. it, does he feel like he had to make these choices? 
Yes. And, you know, he says he's given it a lot of thought. Um, he gets very quiet. So I know that things are going on. He's he's processing. Um, but, yeah, he, he feels very torn. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd get him out of the middle, Deborah, and I, I think part of that would be to have a talk with your son in terms of, you know, son, I've, I've been hurt, and you've been hurt um, it, it, through this process. I just want to apologize. I'm sorry I shouldn't put you in the middle. I know you love Dad, and you love me, you love me and, we, and we're trying to work through this. This is all new territory. Um, and I'd give him space, and I'd back off, and I wouldn't preach. I wouldn't put him in a difficult situation. I would just I would pray for him. I'd love him. I'd be a Christian mom. I would act as a Christian mom, but I wouldn't. Uh, I would not encourage you to to be critical of of dad in any any way, even if you feel it's justified. Yeah, it's difficult because they mock our church going, and you know when they're under that influence, where mm-hmm. it's it's a mockery. Mm-hmm. You know how can you be a scientist and and you know believe this Bible stuff. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is very challenging not to say something. Well, you can talk about the factual issues. I mean, if, if you want to talk about the Bible in terms of science, and I think, you know, science and the Bible don't, are not at opposite extremes. There's a lot that mm-hmm. can be learned. I mean, you can talk about uh, Scripture and you can talk about science, but you don't have to bring up dad or mockery or the issues about him. I'd stay focused mm-hmm. on the issue and not on the people. Mm-hmm. I'd stay focused on what you believe and why you believe it and not on why dad doesn't believe it and why he's wrong and you're right. Mm-hmm. And I would keep your son well, out I of the sun. I don't have all the answers, and so I would like to take him to places where he can get his questions answered by people who have put their lives into studying this, which yeah. is church. <laughs> Because I don't want to tell him things that are incorrect. And, um, you know, that's the first place that he wants to avoid mm-hmm. is, is being in church. So it's, it's very tricky. Now, is he with you half time? He's not anymore. He, he has decided he wants to spend the majority of his time with his father. And his father feels that he's mature enough to make that decision at 14. Mm-hmm. Do you? No. So, you know, it's a court battle. If anything were to get done, mm-hmm. it would be a battle in court now. And it could get very, very ugly and very hurtful, and that's what I don't mm-hmm. want to do to my son. Well, Deborah, on the legal things, obviously you need uh, legal counsel. But from from our ministry, Intentional Living, uh, the the basics would be obviously for you to pray for your son, be as intentional as you can as a mom, love your son. Uh, the good news is the story's not completely written yet. He's fourteen; he's got some things still to learn. Life is still ahead. Uh, I think sometimes parents, in the frustration, will close a door that's difficult to open later. I'd make sure the door stays open for a good relationship. You're being you're being wise to say I don't have all the answers. Uh, you know, it's a you, we we trust uh, our faith. It's a faith by faith. You know, we step out by faith. Doesn't mean we have closed minds or do we have ignorant minds. We have we want to understand how this world operates, but we accept this by faith. And your son is in a an environment where that's being challenged by a strong authority figure. And at the end of the day, I think as a fourteen year old, I'd be saying to my son, "Well, son, you know what." 
These are things you're going to have to decide. I can remember. I can remember when I started university. I had a big debate with one of my freshman college professors. This was back in uh, the seventies. I can remember he came in the classroom. <laughs> you got to go back to the seventies, right? He came in the classroom. He sat up on his desk. He sat up on his desk and and crossed his legs, and that's how he was going to lead the class. Because this is you know the seventies, and he went right after Christian Christianity and the Bible and so on. And, and I started to interact in different things. And, and I can remember by the end of the semester, I said to him, you know what, uh, we, we, what I believe, I believe because what the Scripture teaches and what I've seen God do in my life and the lives of other people. And then I said to him, you know what, I said, if I'm wrong and if everything I believe is wrong, you know what, I'm having a good life. I've made a decision. But if you're wrong, there's an eternal consequence. And I think at the end of the day, sometimes we have to understand it's not our position that we're going to change another person's mind or heart. We believe what we believe by faith. We believe it because we've seen what God has done in our life and the lives of others. And I think, and I, and I say that to say to you as a mom, Deborah, that let your son see your life. Let him see Christ in you. Let him see the love of Christ flowing through you toward dad, toward him, toward the world, toward others. And pray that God will do his work through the Holy Spirit in your son's life. I don't want to oversimplify this, but at the end of the day, that's really really what, uh, what your option is. And then really loving him um, as, as, as much as you possibly can, brain form. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> All right. So. Well, we'll be praying for I'm sure this is not the path you expected. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I wish we could solve the problem. And today, you know, there's such a, it seems like there's such an unnecessary battle between there's so much discussion about science, as though if you believe that there's power in science and importance in science that you have to shut off your, your belief in God and in a God. Uh, I don't find that. You know, I'm, I'm a person love science. I love to read science. I love to understand science. In fact, my wife and I just came from the Creation Museum. We just spent a part of a day at the Creation Museum in, outside Cincinnati. Very interesting. Uh, and a lot of what they have approached this not only is faith and scripture, but looking at scientific evidence. Uh, I think there's much that can be found and you can read about and learn that can be very positive uh, but I wish I had some references. Maybe some people, maybe somebody listening has some books that you all would reference to say, hey, these are some great books for young people uh, who are struggling with this battle between science and faith. All right, uh, we're talking about parenting, being on the same page. Do you wrestle with that? 888 Have you ever felt like you're a slave to your emotions? How many times has something, a text, an email, an innocent word, hijacked your mood? You're experiencing what Dr. Randy Carlson calls a hijacking of your emotions. This doesn't affect only you, but your spouse, family, coworkers, the people you love the most. Dr. Randy can help you learn to take control of the emotions that are controlling you and the triggers that set you off. His book, Freedom from Hijacked Emotions, will teach you to be strong in the Lord and put a safety on those triggers. 
freedom from hijacked emotions is our gift to you when you support intentional living just become a member with a $30 monthly gift and the book freedom from hijacked emotions is yours make your gift today at theintentionallife.com that's theintentionallife.com are you concerned about the spiritual life of one of your adult sons or daughters Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. If you weren't concerned, that would concern me. Uh, the fact is that your concern means that your love for God is so large, so consuming, that you want your son or daughter to have the same thing. But remember, parents, you're not the Holy Spirit. You can pray, and we need to do that, but you have to allow the Holy Spirit to move in their lives. So it says in John chapter 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my words as Jesus speaks and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. That's your hope and prayer for your son or daughter. And keep praying it every day. That's Intentional Living. Get the Intentional Living Minute in your email every day. Go to theintentionallife.com slash minute. How many of you have had an aha moment, one of those moments of insight or awareness in your life? And has it impacted your life? You know, when I think about my own life, I've had a few over my lifetime. And one that comes to mind is when I was about 13 and growing up in a Christian home and thought I was a follower of Christ and that I'd been saved and born again, but realized that that was a personal decision, not just a decision made by the family or a lifestyle or going to Sunday school. And I can remember having the aha moment of asking my dad if he would pray with me. And together, I can remember being on my knees and giving my life to Christ. That's a moment that was an aha moment for me, an awareness, a wake up. What about for you? When you think about aha moments, which ones have you had that have changed your life? It's really a profound question because here's a fact. By the way, that's an excerpt from the teaching we've been mentioning all month here in September. Aha moments are those awareness moments, those insight, reading a book, reading scripture, talking to a friend in prayer. Sometimes they're sort of gentle, and sometimes they kind of wacky cross side of the head uh, as a wake-up call. These can be very important life-changing moments, and I believe, I believe that we need to spend more time cultivating these aha moments by spending time reflecting on scripture and prayer, talking to good people. When I mean good, I mean people who are wise and uh, that we trust their counsel. And when we do those things, that can give us more of these aha moments. If you'd like to learn more about what they are and how to cultivate them in your life, this is absolutely the last call. Every month we have a brand new mentoring CD, or in this case we send it out by email, both video and audio and CD to a few of you. This is the last call to sign up to receive these teachings every month. You can do that today. Your very best monthly gift is appreciated. A dollar a day or more will qualify so we can send you not only the monthly teaching, but also our Freedom from Hijacked Emotions bundle. Our last call for this, which includes the 170-page book, plus the study guide that goes with it, plus you'll be receiving a video series on the book. So it's all our gift to you to say thank you here at the end of the month for joining us in support of the ministry. Here's how you do it. Very simple. Just go online safe and securely to our website. You can sign up there. Just go to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. Click on that donate icon, and then you can uh, join us there. Hey, I hope you found some encouragement today. And as a reminder, if you're not on the same page as a parent, 
Can I encourage you to work on that? Maybe not for your own comfort, but for the benefit of your children. That is being an intentional parent. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Randy. All right. Thank you, Kurt. Reflecting on De- uh, Deborah's call, boy, you could hear her heart. I know you're hurting uh, Deborah as a mom. Um, you know, we have to be- we we as Christians, we believe that ultimately God is in charge. And to that end, when when we face these things that we we know we can't control, and there's little we do, um, we need to be proactive in terms of doing what we can do, being the parent we need to be, stepping up and doing the next right one thing, not just throwing in the towel. But we also need to be very intentional as parents in uh, giving our children and grandchildren over to him every day. Lord, you created my son. You created him. You gave him to me. Help me to be the parent I need to be. You do your work through your Holy Spirit in his life as you seem, seem fit to do. Um, and, and then allow God to do that without jumping in and trying to change the outcomes, which is easy to do. So pray for Deborah. You know, when you're on the same page, there's no question it's easier. It's easier for sports teams. It's easier for parents. It's easier for business. If you're divided, maybe you're divorced, in Deborah's case, separated and divorced, um, or not on the same page even if you're married, it's a difficult thing. Encouragement, even if you are separated or divorced or if you're together, to be mature adults enough to say the outcome that we want is to raise our children to be responsible adults. There's going to be things we agree to disagree about, but we're going to focus on the things that are most vital, the things that we can agree to, because our ultimate goal is to be a responsible parent. And sometimes that takes compromise, negotiations, coming to understand each other, not allowing our, our differences in personality and marriage or different ways that we see things to cloud us to not get behind the eyes of the other person, not understand ultimately what the Bible teaches. Come up with some principles. By the way, we've got a top 10 list. If you want to get something to start with, if you come to our website, theintentionallife.com, we've got the top 10 list called The Intentionals for Parenting. And there are 10 very practical things that you can do. I'd encourage you as parents to say, hey, these are all practical. We can do all of these. We can't agree on everything, but these are 10 things that we can agree on because they're very, very basic and very practical. So go and take a look, theintentionallife.com. Okay, Kim's on the line. Uh, Kim, welcome to the program. Hey, Dr. Randy, how are you? Good. What's your, uh, what's your take? You want to reference I, Debbie's you know, call, I huh? I wanted to say, I, I have a brother that claims to be an atheist, and you know, I use the same uh, rationale that you did, that, you know, if I'm wrong, it's no big deal, but if he's wrong. And I've also told him that um, I thought it took more faith to believe what he believes than, than yes, what I does. believed. And, and he said, wow, that's the first good argument you've made. That's right. But then what, what I wanted to say is, then I backed off, because I lived my life as a Christian, and he can see that. And at the end of the day, whether it's my brother who's 40-something or even a 14-year-old, 
they have to make the decision to follow right. Christ, mm-hmm. um, you know, on their own. And so, um, you know, I think her example of just living a Christian life, including how she reacts to him and his dad, um, says a lot more than arguing evolution with him. Mm-hmm. That's right. I agree with you. Uh, yeah. We have to understand that the preaching of the gospel, or what we believe, according to Scripture, is foolishness, as as Paul says, to those who are perishing. And I was right. mentioning we were at the Creation Museum, which is excellent. Uh, Ken Ham and his yep, team, there. yeah, yep. you know. And as we were going through it, I remember I commented to my wife Donna. I said, "You know what? Uh, the people around the, it was it was a supportive group. People going through, or you could see they were." You know, Christian people basically that a lot of people in the world, scientific types, going through. So this is the goofiest place on the planet, uh, right. and what we believe is going to seem like foolishness to the world, but we accept it by faith, but not ignorant. We're not ignorant of the fact that, and that's why I've never feared science because I know that ultimately, science it can't contradict at the end of the day what the Bible teaches. Uh, we may not right. fully understand it, or we interpret it different in different ways, but it set, certainly can't be contradictory because either it is either the, the Bible is true, either what we believe is true, or it's not. Bottom line, and so you're right. You, you, you God didn't call us to be fighters in terms of no. fighting no. people and arguing with people, but to share and love and present the and truth. And we don't save them either. That's you right. know, I mean he. She, she can only plant the seeds, and, and, you know, she does the best seed planting by living a loving Christian life. Absolutely. Um, and engaging with him when, when he asks. It's interesting because 20 years ago, I would have been a, more of a fighter with my brother on this. Yeah. And since I've backed off, he will oftentimes call me and ask me questions. And, and the bottom line is, we've got to let the Holy Spirit do his work. Good call. Thanks, Kim. Hey, Dr. Randy, this is Michael here in Michigan. I agree 100% with you as two parents as one makes a huge difference and impact on the children. My wife and I weren't always on the same page when it came to raising the children, and it was a much more difficult situation. But as we became more one together, the kids are seeing it, and they know they can't run to mom for something or run to dad. It's a wonderful thing. We thank you for your ministry and um, all you do and your staff. God bless you all. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, Michael. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad you guys are on the same page as you were sharing your story. I was thinking about what's going on in our country right now, and I could go off and give you a rant on that. I only have about a minute to to wrap up the program, but that's part of the problem. We've got uh, politicians and political parties not on the same page, not even in the same book, not even in the same library. And uh, I think what happens uh, whenever we don't have agreement on just some basic things, wouldn't it be an amazing thing to hear on the news someday that there's been some agreement that's going to make a big difference in the lives of Americans and people around the world. Anyway, what we see going on around us with the divisions and people not in agreement on some basic things in life, listen, don't let this happen in your home. Don't allow that to overflow into what's going on with you and your spouse. Get on the same page. I tell parents, sometimes you have to agree to disagree and come to a compromise. But whatever it is, come to an agreement that you can stand together. That's what brings glory to God, and I can tell you it'll bring benefit to your kids. And so that's what I encourage you to do today. Hey, listen, if you'd like to comment on today's program, do so on our storyline at 888 888 
1717. Okay? And I'm Dr. Randy for Stephen and Rob. Have a great day. And we'll be back with more Intentional Living. Until then, be safe and be intentional.